0: Anime Pulse, episode 518. Hello everyone, Joseph here, your somewhat inebriated host uh, for this podcast, which is Anime Pulse, and as joining me today, as he has been for the last few days, is Andrew
1: Chan. Hey, great to be back. I'm also somewhat inebriated, but less so than last week. Yes, uh, today
0: is a Smirnoff Ice screwdriver. Oh, very nice. Yeah, they had a mm-hmm. they had a sale at uh, Price Chopper for a box of Smirnoff ice, and I was like, "All right, I'll get it." I threw them in the freezer, so this one's kind of a uh, an ice cube right now, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to let it melt. I don't think I'll be able to finish it mm-hmm. before the podcast is over, though, because it's not melting very fast. It's actually kind uh, of cool out this way right it's now. It's your room
1: pretty cold as well. I think at room temperature, it should thaw. A decent rate.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's actually pretty cool outside, but um I let this thing sit in the sun for the last half an hour and it's only melted halfway through the bottle. So it's kinda got like that water bottle effect where there's like a uh a
1: sphere or an oval of ice in the center. I I like that idea. Yeah that's a that's a good that's a good freezer you have or something. It's always really fancy when it's not like a bunch of ice cubes and it's just a big iceberg. Yep. Yeah that's nice to have.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah. So with that, I guess we can jump on into IRL news. Mm Hmm. And I believe I went last week, so you can kick us off.
1: Okay. So uh, yeah, during the moments I've had free this week, I've been just looking around for you know methods of getting faster internet, as we touched upon last week. So whether that be about changing our deal or trying to find other companies. Um, the issue actually tends to be more that we have a bad upload speed, but the download speed is actually quite decent. I think the reason it is that way is because not everybody needs a good upload speed, but a lot of people need a good download speed, so that's why it wasn't thought through when we uh, joined in. But on another side of things, I also caught Moltres this week on Pokemon Go. Ah, uh, yes,
0: I heard they released the legendaries.
1: Yes, like the previous week there was Articuno, uh, I failed to get it. It got away, which which really sucked. Uh, but this week I was I was just going the day it got released, and I just went there with my dad as well, who like very casually plays it, and we just entered the raid at the same time. And there was you know a bunch of other clearly gamer people in the same area. You know you just kind of wander towards them, and they'll say, "Hey, are you here for the raid?" sort of thing. And you know because you need at least twelve people to take down a legendary or something like the the CPs like in the thirty two thousand or something really high, so. We entered the raid with all these people once we had 12 of them. And, you know, we just went in there. It's much easier than Articuno because of its typing. But we got really lucky because there was mostly Team Instinct people. um, Some, half and half, kind of like some Team Mystic people and like one Team Valor person. And what really helps is the team that contributes the most gets the more Pokeballs to try out to catch the Legendary. Ah. So, yeah. So because there was mostly Team Instinct people, like me and my dad got extra balls and it was fine. We caught them with an, with at least three balls to spare each, um, which is kind of funny because like me and my dad are kind of compared comparatively playing it really casually, and then meanwhile the other you know gamer folk there didn't catch it. <laughs> None of them caught it, so we were disappointed. But I was like, hey, what well, a good start to the day, Dad. Do you want to go shopping and find Mum?" Sort of thing at the same time, just after <laughs> that. So ends that out. Next week, hopefully get Zapdos because I think they're going to be switching on Tuesday to Zapdos. So going to be on the lookout because it is the best bird of the three.
0: Eh, I don't really what? like its appearance. I like Moltres' ah. appearance the most. I think mm-hmm. it's the most uh, beautiful. Uh, Articuno, mm. following that, because it's kind of got a sleek style. Zapdos is just jaggedy, and it's just mm. like it's like something out of a four-year-old's book. It's like I drew a bird, and it's like that's nice, honey. And you just pat him on the
1: head and yeah. walk away. <laughs> When I was younger, it was the easiest one to draw, so there is some credence to that, to be honest. But in terms of battling and stuff, it and typing, it's just like, yeah, it can't it can't be beat out of the three. Um, and also, Lugia is available. You know, the big legendary bird is available during this entire time while they're rotating. So hopefully, we'll try and snag a a Moltres and a Lugia, and not Moltres, a Zapdos and a Lugia next week. So did
0: they, they have any? Did they have any news about Ho-, Ho Ho or Ho Ho?
1: Uh, no, they haven't, but based on the trend, they're going with associations, so, like, the legendary birds are associated with Lugia, so Ho-Oh is usually associated with those legendary dogs, like Entei, Suikun, and oh, uh, right. Raikou, so I'm guessing, it's just a guess because there's no information on it, that they'll do the same thing, but with Raikou, Entei, Suicune, and Ho-Oh at the same time, so, next okay. set free. Not sure what they'll do about Mew and Mewtwo, though, because, like, you, they, they've been teethed since the very beginning, at least Mewtwo has, and no news on that or any hints on that.
0: I'm sure it, they'll, they'll do special it, events for them or something.
1: Yeah, it will be really hard to balance given their incredible stats, to be honest. But we'll we'll see because, uh, yeah, as as it stands right now, the game's already kind of imbalanced as it is. So we'll we'll see how that kind of goes in following following months or years. It takes for them to update it further. But uh, yeah, and also just last bit of news. Well, IRL news would be like drawing attention to the forums. I've. Uh, Actually, the previous week I made an account for the Anime Pulse forums, um, mm. and I just wanted to hi- uh, highlight that I do track uh, the you know keep track and progress of like some of the threads, including like the review requests. So if anybody is interested um, in leaving requests to cover for reviews, um, you know I'll be checking up on that, and it'll be a good place to keep it all organized. That's just a last little bulletin.
0: Yeah, like hey, we actually have forums. Hey,
1: come check them out, people.
0: Yeah, it's alive they and it exist. looks a lot
1: nicer than it used to in a, you know years and years back. So, new and improved. Yep, yeah, yeah. Although
0: I back in the day, I was there when we had like you know, 48 active users at all times, which uh-huh. was uh, pretty cool. Uh, but uh, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs>
1: Nowadays, it's just a bot. It's just a Google bot. That's all. I all the, oh, the Google
0: bot. Hey, Google bot, how's it going? Would you like to buy some anime? <laughs> Related (laughs) themes stuff. And it's like, no thanks, Googlebot. (laughs)
1: Okay, I'll try next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So just see if we can get that up and running more and more. It's a long road ahead. We'll get it going. Yeah, yeah. And Tim and Walt all have a lot of things to get to. Mm -hmm. Well, uh,
0: as for my IRL news, I got my mother's out here now. So I actually spent Saturday with her. Uh, originally, we were going to go see the Dark Tower, but I saw reviews of that the day before, and I was like, maybe we won't go see the Dark Tower because the Dark Tower is bad. Oh. It's like a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I see. Yeah, oh, I mean, yes. it's not as bad as the emoji movie.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Ooh. I can't believe that actually became a thing. That's yeah, it I just thought, came out of nowhere.
0: I thought that rumor of it um, being dismissed by sony basically being like yeah let's just cancel this was a good thing i was like oh thank god they didn't try to make a movie out of this no that was just a rumor and sony was like no 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 we're we're still making it and now sony probably regrets ever uttering those words because they have lost so much money they put a lot of money into making the movie and it is not being returned even like in a quarter
1: Oh, I see. I, I didn't know the numbers or anything. I just see think it's an advertisement. It is a 3%
0: uh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And Metacritic has it something at like a, a 1 out of 10.
1: <sighs> I, I'd, I'd struggle to, to think it'd be that bad, but the fact that it got made is in itself the bad thing. Apparently, what it right. is, it's a lot of tropes
0: in movies where ah. it's like. You know, defy defy the, the standard. Be who you want to be and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's played out in very perverse and gross ways, kind of like uh, Sausage hmm. Party. And, oh, okay. Yeah, Sausage uh, Party, right. Mm. It's more an adult movie, but even mm. adults wouldn't find it good because it's trying to appeal to kids at uh. some level, but it's using adult humor way too much, and it's also not a good movie on a, on a, on right. just like a base level. So
1: it yeah, I mean, it's I an I c- uncomfortable position. Basically. I can't, mm. can't
0: personally say that it's a bad movie. I haven't seen it. I'm not going to see it because mm-hmm. an, emo- a, mo- a movie based on emojis is just, it's ridiculous. It's a plot mm. that makes no sense because a movie emojis have no plot. They never have, and they never will. And this movie, mm-hmm. well, that's basically what's wrong. You know, I believe the best line I read was a a, uh, it went something like the movie is based around the emoji for meh and when you base (laughs) a, a movie around meh you're already messing up
1: yeah True words, true words. Yeah, so... You'd need an insanely talented person to write a really good... I think it can be done, but you need an insanely talented writer to make that good.
0: I mean, they had, like, Patrick Stewart on there, and he... But he was voicing the poop emoji, which I thought was very disrespectful, because... I mean, (laughs) come on. This is Patrick Stewart we're talking about. One of the best Star Trek captains out there, and a Shakespearean actor, and you're having him voice the poop emoji? Good joke, Sony. You played yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, they'll be feeling that, just like they felt... Uh, they've been having a string of failures in terms of their films, so they'll be feeling that along with everything else that's happened last year, so... Yeah. Uh. So we kind of just hung out. Um.
0: Mom and I went shopping, Went and tried to take her to a Walmart, ended up going to a price chopper, and found out the price chopper there had some really nice car chargers, so I plugged my car in while we walked around, and then we mm. ended up going to this... Uh, Going to Colony Center, where we walked around a bit, tried to find myself some new moccasins, because the ones I wear around the house are falling apart. Mm-hmm. Also try to find myself a ergonomic mouse pad because at work I do well a lion's share of being on the computer. And I don't have a nice jelly mouse pad. Uh I have them here, but I'm not about to bring my booby mouse pads to me, uh with me to work. <laughs> I don't know how my other employee, how my fellow employees would take me to, uh, would take me or would take me using a booby mouse pad. And it's like, no, no, it's ergonomic, but you're resting your wrist oh. on her boobs. Mm-hmm, it's yeah, one so. of those. Um, what? What? Uh, Curiously, what anime character is it? Uh, uh, the current one I have is uh, Toka. To-ta. Or, Toka. Or Toca. Um, what am I saying? Toka. It's from uh, Day Day Live. Not Toka, but uh, Mm -hmm. it is the yandere esh girl. uh, Damn it, name is on tip my tongue. Um, Damn it,
1: Toka Yatogami.
0: Not Toka, no. It's the it's the girl who can control time, and she can make multiple Mm -hmm. copies of herself.
1: Trying to find out at the same time, I can hear you looking for it.
0: Type type type. Who will make it first? She's got she's got two eye colors, right? Uh, well, she, yeah, because one of Kurumi? her eyes is a clock. Yep, Kurumi.
1: find it, yeah.
0: Yes, okay, so Kurumi. That's the one who uh I have the mousepad of. Just because I liked oh, her okay. character a lot at the time when I was buying a new mousepad. So I bought one of her, and it got kind of messed up, and they sent me another one hmm. of her. So I have two mousepads. The one I had before her was of, uh, CC.
1: CC From uh, Code yeah. Geass. Is oh is she a green haired one? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Got it. Yeah. I I would admit taking one of those into work would be throwing, throwing them in the deep end a bit too soon.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I got some I got some Japanese stuff decorating my desk. I got a nice nice Japanese fan. I've got some uh, some statuettes mm-hmm. there. A book holder. You know stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I don't have anything that's like screams like I like I like anime. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. kind of keep to myself about that. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, I I'm the stereotypical like, like oh, I'm not going to mention anime until I'm completely comfortable in the area I'm in, and even then I have to make sure other people are okay with, you know, they understand ahead of time that anime isn't just for kids, and anime is also not just porn.
1: Yeah, uh, I believe I've heard this being referred to as hiding your power level.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I have, know, yeah. yeah, I'm basically like Super Saiyan four at this point. When it comes to anime, <laughs> and uh, I don't want Krillin to find out just how powerful I am just yet. It's like, oh, yeah, Krillin, it's... you're a very
1: powerful human. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, although if you've seen the new series, he, he can go toe-to-toe with Super Saiyan God, so nothing to, <laughs> Krillin's nothing to be sniffed at anymore.
0: Yeah, his uh, Destructo-Disc was so cool for so long until mm. Cell showed up and was just like, not up in this house.
1: And it, and it, it completely like it bypasses like statements from the offer to like. Well, this also happens all the time with all everything he says. But Toriyama once said that the destructor disc or Kienzan can cut through anything, like yeah. regardless. And now it but, can't. No, now it can't. No. There's a lot of things <laughs> it can't cut through. I, I mean, I guess it didn't matter later on anyway, with like Boo and stuff being able to regenerate anyway. But yeah.
0: So uh, we did some shopping, went out to eat at Outback, and that was pretty good. I had a mm. pretty good meal there. I uh, dropped her off. Um, this past week, though, it's been a lot of work. I've been playing Pokemon Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked that up, and I've been enjoying it. I, I absolutely adore Lily. She is so, so cute. I wish I could be my character, and and just, like, the thing about... For some weird reason with the yep. latest 3D uh, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. In fact, ever since I was a kid and I would win matches against random NPCs, I always wanted to give the NPC a hug afterwards, especially when you're just like like they throw out their Rock Rough or something like that and you're like, "Oh, go Lugia." And you just like you, you decimate <laughs> yeah. them and they're just like, "I didn't mm. I didn't even get to move once." And it's like, "Come here, come here. It's okay. It's okay." And you take their money from them. Yeah, mm. and it's like, "Oh, Thank you,
1: mugging. Mm. <laughs> if if you do <laughs> you want a manga, thinking. by the way, that that will fulfill that need to to hug them or something of that nature, uh, might I suggest checking out something called Dating uh, Team Magma Grunt, which I yeah a, uh, I actually yeah. followed that while it was still mm. uh, in production. Oh, okay, cool. It's it's in the same sort of vein where he's like he beats her and then yeah. He, you know, I was super happy with that. I was
0: like oh it's so adorable and cute because she loses mm-hmm. and she feels devastated and he's just like are you okay you you. Mm-hmm like and then he starts dating her
1: and it's like perfect. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the romance in it is actually quite sweet. I, I was I wasn't expecting that much but it was actually was surprisingly quite good. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like it and I ever since I saw that I've been more about that where it's been like I want to do that more where I want to see that happen more. Um mm. in Pokémon Moon and Sun, however, there are some characters I'd like to see like given hugs to, but Lily, it's just like any time she shows up on the screen, especially before her appearance change, it's just like, I just want to give you a hug. You seem so like, like, oh, I want to be cool like you. And it's just like, you are cool, though. Look at your cool hat.
1: She has got, yeah, that is a great outfit she's got.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I can't comment much about what she does in game because I haven't played it yet. Still, I actually haven't been just like you. I just haven't started it yet.
0: Yeah, I do. I do want to uh, commission a artist to do more of a lighter, um, not hardcore H where it's like uh, it starts out and it's just like kind of like a series of montages of it starts out and it's like the trainer meeting Lily and then going through montages of him battling the different kahunas and the captains and Lily being there and watching him and just like, you know, encouraging him and whatnot. And uh, just like a kind of like a sweet romance thing between them. So mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. want to see that, um, and not necessarily even like my protagonist, the one I created and crafted with, you know, his style and haircut. Just mm-hmm. you know, even the baseline
1: protagonist would be who I'd want to see. Yeah, be sufficient yeah. enough. Have you? Uh, it, has this enticed you to maybe check out the the new Son of Anime? Because I've heard good things about that. Willies uh, in that as well.
0: Don't know. Uh, I haven't seen a Pokemon anime since. Mm. Uh, since Brock was replaced by the Tracy Tracy or the photographer Um, Mm -hmm. yeah and then was replaced again by Brock who Mm -hmm. came back after for some weird reason they made it seem very adult in that he went for one of the professors and then the professor turned out to be like a super status or something he was like I I couldn't handle that
1: I, I couldn't really tell they were kind of vague about it I thought that maybe she like because he, he kept saying I don't want to talk about it so for some reason that made me feel like she had a husband that he didn't know about and he comes home or something or,
0: no for me yeah. like it definitely seems like she was into hardcore stuff oh. I and mean, he was just like mm. well you know I, I want to have sex but I don't I don't want to you know get candle wax poured on my butt or something like that
1: and <laughs> she's just like yeah. yeah and that's the thing the four kids dub was pretty vague about the circumstances oh, but, of course um, they're gonna be vague yeah. about it Mm. Uh, but, but the reason I suggested the Sun and Min is that they've changed the art style like quite drastically, and I've heard a lot of good things about them like reshaping the show. So, yeah, it do, it does from the few guests I've seen look like really overhauled since way back then.
0: Yeah, the uh, what was it? The last Pokemon though, where they changed Ash and they made him look like a goofy uh, video game character or a uh, goofy like a cartoon character instead of anime. Um, they made I'm they changed sure. his design like so much, and they oh, made yeah, it look he really. Him. Um, it made him look really cartoonish. Like he wasn't defined at all anymore. So mm, that actually may
1: be the sun and moon anime to an extent. Oh, okay, it might be. Yeah, that might be it actually. <laughs> okay, he does look very different now. Yeah. All right. Um.
0: But yeah, I'm enjoying playing Pokemon Moon again. I already have my team lined up. I'm going to, I got my, uh, I went with the owl as my starter. Mm -hmm. Uh, I originally, when I played sun, I went with the water dog, which turns out to be a mermaid. So it's like, you know, when I first saw the starters, I was like, water dog. I'm not going to get that. But then I was like, oh, it turns into a mermaid, a clown mermaid. Oh, you know, clown mermaid. But still, it's like kind of hot, you know, (laughs) clowns can be hot. But uh but yeah, I got the uh, Owl, I, I'm going to be getting the uh, the Crocodile as like another... Uh, right now I only have one Pokemon, I'm, I'm on like the third island. Uh, because mm-hmm. I don't catch Pokemon unless I'm going to use them in my team. That's always oh, kind of okay. been my opinion ever since Pokemon Gold. Because I just oh, really? don't feel... Yeah, I just don't feel like it's worthwhile catching all the Pokemon. I always kind of feel sad for them. I know it's dumb to feel sad for you know digital creatures but i feel sad like oh they're getting put into this pokebox box and they'll never get used ever and you know it's not like in the anime where like the professor oak is like oh come play with me and it's, yeah don't don't glomp me again Muck, or something like that no it's <laughs> they're just stuck in this digital box for the rest of their mm. life it's like well that's depressing
1: yeah, and it's, it's further evidence that it does affect them as, like, if you have affection, if they have affection towards you, it reduces the longer they're in the box as well, so. Yeah,
0: so, I don't catch Does this Pokemon include legendaries, though? It does include legendaries. In, in Pokemon Sun, the Ultra Beasts, I caught one Ultra Beast because I wanted to use the, uh... I wanted to use the one that kind of looks like a jellyfish. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. But the, like, gross bug Pokemon that looked like a giant steroid-induced bug... Um, mm-hmm. and the other one that kind of looked like a paper mache, uh, creation, I was like, I caught them and then I released them because you have to ah. catch them.
1: Oh, right. Okay. You're forced to.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or Pokemon that I'm given that I don't want. We're like, here, I here, you can have this, you know, Lugiar or here, have this Pokemon that you can use or a Lapras or something. I'm just like, release. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. I'll go and teach one of my other Pokemon swim or something like that. It's nice though. In this one, they take care of all the, um, HMs, and they replace them, because uh, now you can just use your pagers, and you call upon Pokemon to help you out everywhere you need to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. there was, there was actually uh, evidence in the first game about them actually having a device that would let you surf without actually having to use a Pokemon way back then even, so it's good that they're finally doing that, because moves on average don't tend to be worth it. Is yeah
0: they're usually not that great I mean waterfall was a pretty good HM but you almost never use it in the real you know the overworld you know, Yeah, it's like you know, exactly, it's like yeah, oh yeah. you're yeah. at the end of the game you're going to the you're going to the the, uh, the league now you're going to have to use the HM for waterfall like like uh, you know hotcakes because fucking waterfalls are everywhere <laughs> mm. in those caves it's symbolic
1: of like rising to the top you know at yeah. the end of your journey well, so yeah, that was
0: that uh what else has there been going on? not really too much you know it was uh it was a nice past week got some work done, I'm hoping this coming week I'll get some more work done and
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh i've been I've noticed that uh while I'm not losing weight at a astounding rate, I am losing weight. I would like to lose more weight faster, but With how much I work out at the gym and what I eat, um, Mm. I am surprised still that I am losing weight, so it's nice.
1: Yeah, progress is progress, no matter how fast it is, so it's
0: good. Yeah, the only downside to having work that I'm on the computer all the time is my shoulder now is really killing me because of this repetitive motion I'm in, and we don't have like Icy Hot or Bengay at home, so I can't really do anything other than take like a nice hot shower and Last night it was painful. I was yeah. trying to go to sleep and now because I sleep on my arm a bit, if I sleep on my arm for even like 5 minutes, the pain is just shooting through my shoulder and it hurts to breathe in all the way. It's really bad.
1: So. Mm. Yeah, I think a, a nice long soak, if you've got, you know, a nice long soak in the bath might might be enough to before you sleep might be enough to kind of cure that.
0: Yeah, I also uh, need to do stretches more though. I don't Mm. do anything with my arms when I'm working out. So I could probably start working out my arms at the gym. I kind of just jump on the treadmill, do an hour and jump off because that's all the time I have. But I guess Mm. on Saturdays I could do some stuff with my shoulders and my arms to kind of strengthen them. So that Mm -hmm. they're not in such bad pain all the time. Also do some windmill
1: uh, exercises because that's good for the shoulders. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like just do it like cardio muscle cardio. That's a that's a good pattern to have. Yeah, just like a warm up and cool down at the end. So, yeah, well, I think that's it for my
0: IRL news. But before we jump into industry news, we got some uh, got a comment and an email. Uh, the comment and email are both from the same person, Yotaro Vegeta, our most active user, and uh, his comment on last week's episode says, I think I've learned something about you, Andrew. You aren't into those Marvel movies, are you? I'm curious about what you watch outside of anime.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I read this uh, this comment beforehand. Um Well, um it depends what he means by Marvel movies, because um I guess more recently I haven't watched like Homecoming or but I do I am meaning to watch films like Deadpool, but um I have seen films like, you know, uh, The Avengers, and I've seen, you know, ones of this current cinematic universe that's going on. Uh, I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy, but I haven't seen things like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. So, yeah, maybe not into into, but um, it's not like I don't want to watch them. It's just finding time. And yeah, like usually I I used to watch quite a lot more movies more often. Uh, Like more recently, I've watched a New Zealand comedy called Hunt for the Wilder People most recently. Um, But Nowadays, with the way the routine is, I usually have time for just anime, and then kind of YouTube doesn't really count, does it? You know, as movies and stuff. So, no. like, I browse YouTube in the background, and you know, just have things like reviews, LPs, you know, uh, you know, all that sort of fun videos, th- things in the background. But otherwise, my I main watching time right now is kind of stuck with anime.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I agree so. with you. I don't watch all Marvel movies. Like, I didn't watch any of the Thor movies, one or two. Nope. I, I didn't seen watch Ant Man. I did uh-huh. watch Doctor Strange. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to watch the new Thor movie that's coming out because that one actually looks really good. Looks funny, actually, yeah. yeah the it looks like it's, it's like going to have a lot of comedy to it. I saw the most mm-hmm. recent trailer, and you know they have a Hulk that talks, and it's like... <laughs> it's, it just looks pretty humorous. Yeah, so
1: that one is looking pretty good. I mean, have you seen Captain America movies?
0: I have. I really oh, enjoyed Captain America avengers edition which is you know basically all captain america civil war was it was just basically mm-hmm. like captain america actually just the avengers
1: pretty much yeah except for the you know thor and hulk but
0: you know. yeah and thor and hulk weren't there they were off doing their own thing but they even mention them they're like where's thor where's you know where, where are dr banner is do you know where thor is and it's like well Thor's probably in you know ragnarok and or ragnarok he's probably in uh Damn it. why can't i think of his homeland yeah, I, can't, I
1: can't remember either asgard asgard, asgard. right he's probably in yes. asgard um
0: mm-hmm. and uh and hulk you know he was in a space station or something like that apparently
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: okay now, uh let's see what else does he say uh, I think most people choose their own gender in games, especially when they're young. In my 30s now, so I don't care what gender I play, I think characters like Laura Croft or characters in RPGs kind of paved the way for me. I only stick to male characters in MMOs because I don't want other dudes to get the wrong idea. So that was kind of in reference to me talking about how I play male characters in RPGs because I mm-hmm. want to romance female characters and I don't understand how female characters feel because I'm not female.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and I totally agree with the... like By default, I do typically just choose the guy. Uh, and the, I totally get the point that he's making about MMOs because some people are known to try to treat you differently if you are using a female avatar in MMOs. Uh, I suppose just in case, but yeah. Uh, any thoughts on this? Um,
0: I, the only thing I really think is when I... The only time I ever really enjoyed creating a female character was in Saints Row. Um, yeah. Reloaded. I don't really like making female characters because it kind of feels and I know this is going to be really stupid it feels misogynistic it's just like oh yeah, I'm making the ideal woman of who I'd want and at the same time it's like I don't like doing mm. that I just like seeing a girl walking up to her like an NPC and be like how are you and she you know like the first time I ran into a uh, hex maniac in Pokemon Y I was like this is the perfect NPC. No NPCs yeah. before it count. This this NPC here. <laughs> this is the NPC that will be my character's wife. And of course, you can't. But I like these other pre-made characters. I don't like mm. really making my own uh, when it comes to females.
1: Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of get what you mean with the whole. Um, you know, you feel like it might. You feel a bit nervous about you know making ideal like almost idealized or like try to push away for it because like there's almost kind of that social yeah, there's like a kind of social pressure towards it, I guess, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean I don't I play that. I don't mind
0: playing a female character in a game where you get to choose. Like if you yeah. you know Overwatch, you know, you play May and May is adorable. And mm-hmm. you know, you play Sombra and but that's because you're picking a character that's like, oh I need to ca- counter that uh Lucio. Mm-hmm. So you know I'll pick a character that works and or oh there goes a uh there goes a doom Doomfist, I'll go and pick Sombra. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah.
1: I, I mean the only way I sort of defer from you on this is the whole like not being able to uh not be able to relate to them because you yourself are not a female. Because like for me personally though, it's like I can't relate to other guys or other girls because, you know, I'm just me, I'm not other people to begin with. So whether it's a guy or a girl, it's not like I can directly relate to a more if it is a guy because, you know, Guys are all different from each other as well as girls are all different. So it's it's to me it's like whenever it's a game character it's always a separate person anyway. So the gender doesn't really add to that personally at least at least in my case, but
0: yeah. And I do think that like differs too. Like if you play something like Horizon Zero Dawn, mm-hmm. you're playing a female character that was crafted already. So she has her own emotional problems and her own mindset. Apart yeah. from yours, like there were times where I was watching Ray Narvaez Jr.'s playthrough of Horizon Zero Dawn, and the things that she would do or say would just be like, that really wouldn't line up with what I would choose because you know, I don't know if it's a guy thing or if it's just because I'm me and that's that female character,
1: mm. or it could be because that female character is written maybe by a guy who you know, you never know, <laughs> so it could be a secondhand thing, too. Again, yes,
0: completely. um mm. He talks about uh, Altaïr. Arslan? Yeah. yeah, And how it remind it did remind him of Arslan, and then he watched the episode two, and that helped me distance it from the other show. The big difference mm-hmm. is that the protagonist doesn't have badasses to help him out. He has to become a badass.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've not seen Arslan, but... Um, yeah, Altaïr episode one did look like it could become a, a big show of its own. It's just that uh, episode one was... Set-up. Mostly the set-up. Uh,
0: yeah, and I've never seen Altair, but I've seen Arslan, and that's what it kind of reminded me of when you are talking about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In And this last part of the comment is, Centaur's life, or <laughs> worries or whatever, I'm not sure, was definitely a head-scratcher. All the other shows mentioned, Monster Musume, Everyday everyday Life with Monster Girls, frame their racial, political themes in a better way than Centaur does. The first half of the episode felt weird because it's not an intro into the show it felt like the A and B part of the episode were supposed to be switched. Maybe they switched the parts because the serious politics issue felt like too much to throw at the audience right away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally get that point. Because like, I, I was thinking that part where they explain why the animals are, you know, why the people are half animals and stuff should be at the start. But yeah, the, the, there was that whole racial message they had in there. And, you know, it was a bit loaded to put at the start as well. And a little bit creepy because those Older guys just looking into the class. I, I still don't know what they were about.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just uh, whatever the whatever the reason was, they messed up.
1: Yeah, uh, but you know, since it's had a week to sort of sit, um, it is a hard manga to adapt. I, I will have to say, like, it, they couldn't. There's no way they could have done it, like scene for scene. Now, actually, because the first chapter of the manga actually involves the girls comparing their, um, their, you know their, no. Their utter um, size? No, not 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 the size, but just they're you know under their pants, they're they're looking at each other's.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're looking at each other's um,
1: pussies
0: or something yeah. like that. And they're just like, what does yours <laughs> yes, look like? What does mine look term. like?
1: Yeah, they're they're doing all that in episode oh, chapter one, so I I could totally see why they had a problem putting that as the starter for episode. Yeah, for episode that, one that
0: might be a little a little difficult to talk about, or it's just like. Hmm. They're comparing. It's not even like comparing breast size. It's. It's. J- they're just comparing what it looks like. And a lot of yeah. like the manga con in the room are like, Have you ever seen one? No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Damn. Because yeah. like, you, you first think it's gonna start off just like oh they're just gonna talk about it. Cause like, she, when she says it, there's just like a picture of. And she's referring to sex. There's a a picture of a flower in the background, and it's like oh the flower symbolizes sex. But no, no, no. They they then actually like pull each other's skirts up. You don't see anything, but it's right, it's all but they there. Do. Yeah.
0: And they're like, "Oh my goodness, it's
1: yeah, it's us. Oh, beautiful." Look, oh, don't <laughs> breathe. beautiful. That oh,
0: that's really, that's a big mm-hmm. one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it looks fairly normal on a horse. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's uh. Uh, that's something, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Yotaro Vegeta also sent a email to me. He said, uh, <clears throat> "Hey, you seem to read about as much manga as you watch anime. I read more manga than I watch anime. That's for sure. At least for this season. So, do you mm-hmm. think there are any prospects that would make a good anime adaptation?" hell yes there are Uh, shonen action is a no-brainer for anime so any good shonen manga that could be next anime hit um remonster which is a manga that tim and walter reviewed or not didn't review Uh, remonster is something i got into it is a super good um manga that i think would make a pretty good anime it's about a dude who Gets killed in his previous life where he was like this super powerful dude and some jealous girl who thought he was cheating or thought that, you know, was she was or he was hers or something like that. She stabs him and he dies. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the way she actually kills him actually is also explained. It's like, well, how can you kill a super powerful dude? Well, she used a super powerful weapon. Uh, and then mm-hmm. he is reincarnated as a goblin. Oh, one of, like the one of no. the weakest RPG characters or uh, monsters you can encounter, you know, just like a basic goblin But he works his way up because he actually gets to retain one of his abilities from being a, a powerful human Which is that anything he eats he kind of gains abilities from and he can eat anything like he can take a rock and just munch 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 And be like, oh now your your skin to be as hard as stone Something wow. like that He's like Kirby yeah, it's kind of like that, but he doesn't, like, lose it after any point. He continually just adds more and more and more and more abilities. Um, and there's, like, he has sex a lot in the manga. Oh. Whereas it's not shown, but it's heavily implied, where it's, like, all the human girls that he saved, you know, from being enslaved and raped and stuff by the other goblins, you know, they make friends with them. And then he comes home after having a rather intimate encounter with a uh, a wood nymph. And the girls are like, you have hickeys on your neck. This isn't fair. Someone got to you before we did. And then they all kind of had a group wargy with them. All wow. like seven of them. And he's like, all right, one at a time. Here we go. So wow. it was impressive. And he does that on a constant basis. And it's cool. The other one is How to Build a Dungeon, which mm-hmm. is about a dude who's very old at the beginning of the manga. And he kind of um, finds the, I guess you'd call it mana. Uh, of the world and he drinks from it becomes youthful and very powerful he summons a succubus and has her sign a contract and almost immediately just bangs her against the side of a wall Um, and after that he has her help him build a dungeon because he hates human beings and mm. he wants to just move away and he, be- he makes this dungeon and a lot of what he does kind of makes the question is he a good guy or is he a bad guy because he breaks a lot of heroes that come after him yeah. Um in fact one of the first female characters that comes after him is a is the uh like the normal heroine that you would like normally have in a manga or like in a RPG. And mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. like, you know, I shall make the world better place and he tricks her basically and well, he has sex with her a lot. Uh but then she begins to fall with him and he's starting to notice like the change in feelings and it's it's so good though. There's so much to it. So, so much to the pointness with it. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh. So those would be your top sort of. Yeah, those would 20, be my 20, 20. Yeah.
0: top two picks right now for like good manga adaptations. Hmm. Um. And he also has a question for you. It says Andrew Chan will be getting his own email address soon. Is he on social media?
1: Uh yes. Uh, I have a what's the name. I've already messaged Welthal about getting me set up with an account on the, you know, admin account and stuff on the site and uh, getting myself an Anime Pulse email. In the, in the meantime, uh, I, I do have a Twitter that's by the name uh, Vic Minado I think it's attached to whenever I post a comment on the site. Uh, I, I usually use that email as a reference. It's uh, Vicminado at com is the one I use for contacts with Red and, uh, oh, sorry, with Joseph and uh, it's you know, okay. doing social media. Social it's a, media it's stuff, a process. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I use that name consistently across um, Twitter. Uh, whenever I post an anime post, it's also my username on um, the forums right now is Vic Minado uh, on YouTube as well. But I only post there sometimes. And uh, oh, the only thing that's different is on uh, if you want to check anime list for like what I've rated as well. Because like I had Vic Minado, but I lost the password, so it's now Vic Nya at the end. So. Um. So it's a bit different but yeah that's that's about it it'll be set up with an official one soon i hope if well gets back to me cool cool all
0: right i think we have lingered long enough we can jump into some industry news and since i went last week you can kick us off
1: Okay, uh, just getting us right into it. The government have granted permission uh, for reducing the deer population in Japan's historical city of Nara. Uh, deer are somewhat synonymous with the city, as it houses an estimated 1,200 that freely roam. Uh, they are also of religious significance, believed to be messengers of the Kasuga Grand Shrine. Uh, permission was granted on the grounds that the large numbers have resulted in agricultural damages, including rice, bamboo, and other vegetables. Um, it's also worth noting that the deer there haven't no- haven't been noted to be entirely friendly by government records, indicating that 121 people have been injured last year, uh, 77 of them being Chinese tourists. Uh, they outnumber the population 2 to 1 currently, and it's estimated that they will reach close to 3 to 1 in terms of the ratio in the next five years. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help that Japan already has that, you know, infamous declining population. So, yeah. you know, that they're going yeah. down, deers are going up. So it's going to be three to one in five years, likely, if this keeps going. Uh, 120 box traps have been set on the eastern fringes of Nara Park, uh, after which the deer will be captured and then, you know, slaughtered. But some of those, some of that details about them being killed have been omitted from not all publications of newspapers in Japan. Um, I mean, I know they're mm.
0: they're considered sacred, but I would hate to see them wasted in such a fashion. Like, oh, we just killed them and gave them like a peaceful burial. Like, if you're going to kill them, Mm. at least eat them. You know, you can have some tourists Mm. be like, hey, you want to try some of the deer meat that we considered holy and sacred? You know, we're not Hindus, so we, you know, we're not going to, you know, feel like we're going to hell for this. But still, at the same time, let's make a little money here.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I totally would be behind that. I don't want to waste... You wouldn't want to waste it. If you have to take a life, definitely not. try not to waste it. Um, yeah. Plus, deer meat itself has proven to be actually quite delicious. So, yeah. Um, and actually, this has been a point of a contention, actually, amongst animal lovers, uh, no surprisingly. Uh, there's a push for less extreme ac- uh, action, like the government run, let's make the, deer Nara, the Nara deer population more sustainable and enjoy Nara again, Friendship Association. Rolls out right off the tongue. Uh... That will allow people to adopt a deer and take it home. So yeah, that will yeah. work out great. Uh, no, there, there hasn't been there hasn't been so much news about how many people have signed up for that uh, you know, program of sponsoring a deer. But.
0: It's like it's like, I'll adopt a wild animal. How hard could it be to you know, make it love me? Well, yeah, tried, tried saying that to the number of people that adopted alligators, that adopted wild snakes, that adopted wild cats. I mean even regular house cats that have gone feral and then you readopt them, are hard to get to integrate back into human society. Yeah. But you're talking about a species that has never been tamed.
1: Mm. And you're like, yeah, Yeah. I'll
0: turn into a pet. (laughs) Good job.
1: Mm -hmm. They are adorable at a distance, but, you know, as as stated, they can bite, they can charge, um, and they're not really a domesticated species, so... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I see bunny rabbits outside
0: my house, and it doesn't mean I'm going to run up and be like, oh, bunny, and pick it up and take it into the house. No, because that bunny will bite me, and what if that bunny has rabies, and now I'm dead?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the, That's the harsh story about it, but it's true.
0: The, they may be
1: cute on the outside, but inside could be, Yeah,
0: you never know. You know, adore nature from inside a well-lit building. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much that one. What about okay. your news?
0: Uh, my news is actually about uh, Sony Pictures, so <laughs> more about them. But this is not uh, about movies, this is about Sony Pictures TV. And uh, they're actually purchasing, Fun- well, kind of purchasing, they basically are getting the majority stake in the Funimation entertainment business. Uh, this actually happened uh, last Monday, where the agreement, which has proposed that Funimation is worth $150 million dollars... uh will give Sony Pictures the majority stake in their deciding process. Uh, Funimation CEO Gen Fukunaga will actually retain his position and a majority stake in the business. Huh? Uh, but there it looks like the majority stake is actually going to be 95% of the company. Purchased at wow. about $143 million. So, yeah, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? I mean, we just talked about how Sony doesn't really make that great movies. Mm -hmm. But I do say that Sony, when it comes to video games, actually can, you know, they hold their own when they do, um, when they make video games that are, you know, that are coming from Japan and going into America. They can actually port them pretty well, unlike Nintendo, which sucks because they censor everything. But yeah. Sony's like, yeah, we won't censor it because most people just won't get it because mm-hmm. they're they're just going to leave it be. You know, Valkyria yeah. Chronicles or some stuff like that. Mm. Uh, they did that for some of the Tales games, and you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 nice to uh, to see that, and I hope that that's how it happens. That uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment Japan um, or Sony Pictures Television will actually be able to. Uh, how to word it to imitate their uh game side and kind of make
1: funimation fun yeah definitely and more kind of uh, that sounds that's a good fun I just noticed it like 2 seconds afterwards but uh yeah no that sounds like a good thing and it sounds um much more achievable given that you know Sony is you know Japanese company and the anime is going to be probably made in Japan or you know largely made in Japan so there'll be kind of closer links there together And I suppose the advantage with, like, Microsoft and Sony is that, you know, even if they have one division that doesn't do very well, like, it's a large multimedia corporation, so, like, you know, if their phones aren't doing so well, it doesn't necessarily mean that their games are so bad, so their films are flailing, but hey, maybe, you know, like, with games, the animated side of things will be, you know, even better. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, so I guess we can now jump into our final part, into Reviews. And I think I will kick us off this week, uh, and I'll be reviewing the two cores of Durarara X2, which uh, is Durarara x Two Ten and Durarara Mm X2-Ketsu. So in my previous review, you remember how I talked about how I hated cores? Uh, Cores. Cores. It's a version of seasons that animation industry uses to avoid creating actual seasons.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, you, you touched upon that with the last review, yeah. Mm. Yeah,
0: my main reason behind my dislike for this course of action is they force me to sit on my hands and losing precious moments that I want to discuss about an anime because I don't want to review an anime before the entire season has wrapped up. Mm. Well, allow me to introduce you to the very first anime that established this concept of non-seasonal seasons, actually tricking me into reviewing one of the cores before an entire season had finished up. That is yeah. da, 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 da X2. The anime's second season had me very excited, being one of the few animes that I took away from Otakon 2011. It had an edge-of-your-seat way of formatting, leaving you wanting more and losing your mind over possibilities. At one point, I even described myself as a conspiracy theorist for this anime, coming up with elaborate hypotheses about the next episode, drawing red lines between characters and listing their motivations. It was fun. Now, my review of the first core really didn't change that much as the second and third core came out. So, I'll be regurgitating a lot of what I said in that review. To highlight some of the sticking points, Durarara X2 keeps that same great suspense and those intense stories. But it lost its touch with the way it told them. In the first season, the anime kept you guessing right up until the very last episode. But with the second season, you can pretty much guess what is to come in the following episode. This dumbing down of the storytelling, I felt, was in part to the complaints that fans had about the first season being too difficult to follow. I mean, I guess we can't all comprehend Sherlock-level plots. (laughs) So how about the story? Well, as anyone might have guessed, the true villain and Shizuo's nemesis, Izzya, survives his stabbing. He lays in bed... Reviewing his life as a girl he screwed over in his past attempts to kill him. She shows up a few more times to try and run Izia's plans, or ruin Izia's plans, though he himself says she's still dancing to his tune. Mikado leads the new color gang in an effort to purge the dollars of filth, eventually attracting the attention of the mafia, and leading to a return of uh, Masumomi, who is horrified at what his friend has become. However, these stories pale in comparison to Celty's and Anri's as we finally see Celtie reunited with her long lost head and Anri confront the sword inside her. Hmm. What was nice is that the second season did nail using smaller and seemingly insignificant plot lines in outstanding ways, including Varon's attraction to Shizuo, Stabity. Yandere Haruna's return and kinship with Anri, uh, Shinra's father stepping in, the budding relationship between Ruri and Kosaka, and the struggle between Maki and Nanami for Seiji's love. There was even this introduction of a new girl called uh, Kasane Kiguragi, whose true identity is something far more evil than Izia, frightening both Anri and Haruna. At one point, She mentions that eventually she will meet the one who will kill her. And her description of the person actually led me to believe that this person is Shizuo. They eventually meet near the end where Shizuo is able to shock her with his inhumane strength. And I was really kind of excited to see these two square off, but alas, it never happens. Shit really starts to hit the fan in the final few episodes, however, as multiple plot lines slam into one another and reveal an ending that felt a little disappointing, to be honest. Sure, it's a happy ending, for the most part, but I wanted to see more conclusive actions. Heck, a death fight between Shizuo and Izia occurs, but Izzya limps away, still alive. And Celti's reunion with her head is cut short by Shinra, literally, leaving me feeling as incomplete as Celti is, who seemed oddly okay with returning to being headless. It all just felt too... ...happy. Hmm. This is being billed as the quote-unquote final anime season. But who knows how true that is. As far as I'm concerned, I'm fine with it being over. But you should try asking me that question again in a few years. For now, we have a good conclusion. Even if some of the threads still remain loose. Mm. Now, unlike the previous season, which was held by Brains Base uh, for the animation, this season was handled by Shuka, a newer studio founded in 2013. It only has this season listed as any kind of anime work it's done. It may have just been a really long time since I've seen the first, but honestly, I couldn't tell the difference between the animation styles, and was surprised to know that the studio that was animating it was different. Yeah. Uh, Unlike the animation, the voice acting had not changed hands at all. All the characters are voiced by the same actors and actresses as last season, and they all did a bang-up job of it. As for my favorite character, there's a lot of likable characters to pick from, but I have to give this one to Shizuo. A human tank that dresses like a bartender, Shizuo's character finally gets to beat the ever-living daylights out of his arch-nemesis. He proves a friend to Seltie and a hero to the little guys, and the potential love interest for many a number of women. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be giving Durara X2, Ten and Ketsu a download now.
1: Cool. Yeah, I, I, you know, they, I, I don't have that much exposure with uh, Durara except for episodes one and two of the season, the first season, but I do know of Shizuo because he was actually a playable character in a fighting game, uh, Dengeki Bunko fighting Climax, if you've heard of it. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I've seen uh, him show up in it. Yeah, so that's that's what I know him from. Having that guy with the black hair, uh, that's usually with him. I think.
0: Oh, that's actually his uh, arch
1: nemesis. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. Right. Yeah. This. Yeah. This evil-looking guy that's like hanging off him. Yep. I think he. I think he throws like a. Vending machine. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Vending machine. He, he throws and, like, a vending like,
0: machine. Like, He's famous for throwing vending machines and other very large things. <laughs> In fact, the thing that shocks um, the. Uh, the thing that shocks the character that was, uh, the more evil character, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Kasane, she gets shocked at him where like a whole crane, like one of those cranes you see on top of a building where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, constructing the upper floors is falling down and he punches it and it flies away. Wow. Wow. And even for him, this kind of hurt because it was a lot. But he was super angry at uh Izzy trying to kill him and hurt other people that he knew, so it was like really and he doesn't like it doesn't like super fly away, but when he punches it, it like you know, it's still he changes its direction by punching it and moving it to like a different part to fall down. Well, so he's some sort of superhuman, really. Yeah, they tried Lebo. to explain how he got his powers, but um, he can still get stabbed, and he can still be hurt. But yeah. when it comes to, like, his strength, it's phenomenal. Like, he'll just grab a signpost that's cemented into the ground and pull it out of the ground. Mm-hmm. And he'll start chasing
1: people around with it, knocking them around into the air. Yeah, he, he sounds like a really interesting character. Like, just, just for the fact of him being in the fighting game as well, it was- he stands up quite a bit, so yeah, and yeah, it's very
0: yeah, and it's very mm-hmm. nice to see him finally like get all this female attention, where um, more than just a couple girls are like, you know, he's really good looking and he's super strong and he'd probably make a really good husband. Maybe, Stable maybe I'll, maybe job. I'll go for him. Um, mm-hmm. He tries to do it, but then he gets in fights all the time, so he keeps ah. getting fired. But he wears ah. his bartending outfit around because he. Uh, can just like show up and be a bartender.
1: Yeah, just show up on the day and work. And yeah, it, it's, and it's
0: also kind of a way for people to know who he is. Where it's like, oh shit, did you see someone in a bartending outfit? Let's get the fuck out of here. Ah, because it- if he shows up, it's like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Things might
1: start flying. Shit will go down when the bartender yeah. hits. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, definitely a download now. Uh, I invite anyone who enjoyed the first season of Dora to check it out. I
1: think you'll like it. Mm, Yeah, I'm definitely now interested to to give this show a plunge. I'll I'll probably have a bit more time to actually do so in the next few weeks. So yeah, I'll report back once once I've finished it to you and we'll discuss. So what do you have for us, my friend? Okay, yes, today I have a big one. I've got Eromanga Sensei. uh, Yes. Yeah, so I'm just going to down my drink before I... I'll actually be
0: supplying the manga uh, side from things, because I've actually been following the manga and have nothing to do with the anime.
1: Yeah, and I I hope after this review that will continue to be the case, because I'm pretty sure the manga has to be better than this. Okay. So, um, yeah, starting off with a a quote, since that seems to be a thing. Uh, Maybe this world is another planet's hell. Aldous Huxley. Life. At least to humans, a lot of the way we view life has to do with perspective. Where have we been? Where are we going? And since we experience these things so differently, life can be defined by a sense of uncertainty. There may be no underlying truth behind it all, but the uncertainty itself can be seen as an absolute truth, a version of such truths that Errol manga reflects. The story centres around a set of unfortunate circumstances. The two parents of our male and female lead get together and unfortunately die from Disney parents' disease. Though any comparisons I can make with Disney end from there. Arm. <laughs> <laughs> our, our male lead, Masamune Izumi, is an established yet struggling-like novelist, whom after the death of his parents felt the parental responsibility and need to look after, after his hikikomori moe-blob-fagu little sister Sigiri. Can Izumi manage to balance a stable career while juggling high school and being the primary caregiver to Sigiri? Ha ha he ha, just kidding. None of what I mentioned, including the parent death, is trouble at all for Izumi. In fact, he relishes this scenario because he wants to just fuck his sister. My God. Anyway, (laughs) I mentioned earlier that Izumi is a light novel author, and light novels can be argued to live and die by their illustrations. Lucky for Izumi, he has the drawings of an artist known for their particularly lewd pieces, a mysterious figure by the name of Eromanga-sensei. Oh, by the way, it's his little sister if you couldn't fucking guess from the premise or the first five minutes of the show. And if you think it's a spoiler, it's set up and revealed in episode one. (laughs) Or the same scenario. So, join our two pieces of shit characters as they interact with other sentient pals of shit. Together, they search for a comprehensive plot that they can be used to stretch out 12 episodes with as much pandering as possible. Do they succeed? Well, starting with the characters... This is likely the most er uh, egregious part of the show, since it's hard for me to fault a plot that never really seemed to exist to begin with. Being incredibly generous, Eromanga-sensei has four main characters and five side characters that at least appear for more than one episode. Uh, Don't worry, there's less to say about them as this goes on. So first, there's Kirito's shrieking voice given anime form, named Izumi or Masamune. He is a talented writer in the sense that he's very fast, just like Kirito and as mentioned, attends the high school while being the primary caregiver to his little sister, entitled only, Sagiri. This may all sound impressive, even admirable at first, until you process that the only reason that masamune does this is so that, again, he can fuck his sister. Um, this is evidenced by, um, well, actually no, what some might defend about this show is how forthright it is about this. I mean, I too was surprised by how unapologetic Kirito is when Sugiri drops the bomb on episode 2 that she will be washing her own panties and he is utterly devastated like his world has been destroyed. Or Megamine, one of Sugiri's classmates, starts flirting with him, and his first thought is, how could I find you cute when I have such a cute little sister? And yet and yet, the anime tries to pass that he is unaware of how much he is creeping it off. Still, it's unapologetic, but what is it in the service of? See. He loves her, and she clearly loves him, but that addition clearly uh, early on doesn't actually do much to advance the romantic progress, as much as you might think anyway. Worse so, when this ends up making the relationship progress too fast, the show's answer to this is to use tired cliché of characters misunderstanding each other to desperately extend the plot, and try to explore its half-baked harem angle. I say half-baked because they try way too hard to sell Izumi's likes for his sister angle, Uh, to the point that the subplots with the other girls are forced and hilariously rushed. It gets particularly sad that this anime is so dry for content that they even have the nerve to regurgitate episode 7 back to you in episode 10. The biggest problem with Izumi uh, wants to fuck his sister angle is the manner in which they play it. The official website labels the show as a slapstick comedy. And you know what? If this was more of a realised comedy in terms of its execution and tone, then I could probably handwave a lot of its sins. As far as Slapstick is concerned, the best I can remember is Izumi getting his face smashed in by a door a few times, which is kind of funny, and getting beaten up occasionally by the other female characters. But it's played kind of bland, and it's a standard harem protocol, to be honest, for the main guy to get beaten up by the girl, usually the tsundere of the group. Um, with a more self-aware or dark humour edge, some of of, this mess, of these messed up scenarios of the show could be sold as like self-aware comedy, but instead, Izumi's advances come across as genuinely creepy in the way it's presented in the show. Thank God Suguri actually is into this guy, otherwise, this could be the anime equivalent to Stephen King's misery. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in episode 3, Sugiri's classmates come over to her front door asking her to come out. Putting aside realism, the scene is still one of the weirdest in the show, but more importantly, how does Izumi react? Not confused or hoping that it will help get his sister through her problem, he just starts screaming and panicking like a madman, trying to get everyone to leave. All that needs to be understood is that Izumi loves his sister, but not entirely in the way that he wants what might potentially be best for her, as evidenced by how he has a deal going off the aunt so that she won't meddle in their affairs. And further exemplified by the pathetic way that he slams at his sister's door begging her to stay with him, when another author just shows a slight bit of interest in having her do illustrations for her as well. Just utterly deplorable, and again pathetic, that it doesn't even occur to him that his sister could maybe work for both of them, and this could be an opportunity for her to branch out with her and get more exposure for her work. See, his is not the kind of selfless love that is to be celebrated, it is a possessive Joseph Fritzl style love that is best reserved for parodies and outright villains. And for the ugly picture I've been painting of this guy, he still manages to be a a closet social retard in regards to noticing his sister's reciprocated affections for him. Like, there's a scenario where she's flat out says to him, I don't want you going on another date with a girl ever. And he's just like, what? What, what do you mean? Why, why would you say that? You know? like." <laughs> <laughs> and then after he shows her his confession in the form of a book, and she, she stupidly says, I'm in love with someone, you don't talk about it like human beings, and the scene just cuts, meaning I'm supposed to just accept he walked out of the room awkwardly after that. I mean, even after that misunderstanding we touched upon four weeks back, he verbally tells her that he loves her, and that it was at first sight, which she reacts positively to, by the way. Despite that, because he doesn't look at the person that he's talking to right in the face as he's saying it, he doesn't notice this and just says, yeah, but I'm going to be your brother. So, even when Sugiri is worked up enough uh, to leave her room just to tell another character that Izumi is hers and she loved him first, nobody even suspects that's a confession. Eromanga sensei just thinks it can play most of this off as a joke. Uh, one character says something to the effect of, he sure doesn't understand her for being so infatuated with her. First off, it's not funny, and how bad is it that this is supposed to be funny that they have to explain this ridiculous scenario to us? It's like a comedian going up on stage and admitting they've got nothing. Boo. Point is, is not a, is not a bland protagonist, but he is a poorly realised, inconsistent one, except that you can expect him to shriek at least once or twice per episode because somebody thinks it's funny. So, moving on to Sugiri, the titular character and quote-unquote little sister of the show. Sugiri has two main sides to her character. One is as Masamune's shy and meek little sister, and the other is as her highly energetic and perverted persona, Eromanga Sensei. My feelings about this character are mixed, but it does amount to an uncomfortable feeling, more owed to the context that the show chooses to to use her for, as opposed to anything she actually says or does uh, most of the time. I struggle to say that I like her, but unlike with Masamune, she's at least consistent. I'm jumping around a little, but I can't actually tackle Sugiri without commenting on the presentation of the show. See, scenes with Sugiri tend to be the best animated, with the animation of her tending to be particularly good at times. My issue is that they get, they, from the get-go, um, all that decent animation is dedicated specifically to providing as many prying shots of her body as possible. I mean, it gets excessive, as if the staff are determined to try and fit as much of her into a shot as possible, even compromising anatomy to that end. Now, I do think it's important, just off the bat, to say that I am not strictly against fan service in anime I consume. Bakemono, for example, has a large amount of it, for the most part, and it bothers me very little. I would like to argue that there's a craft and a method in making a tasteful delivery, uh, a way that doesn't make me feel as the viewer more disgusted than enticed. My first issue is the angles in which the fan service is delivered. It's cliché, but in a scene where a character walks in on another character in a state of undress and the camera does a panning shot to scan up their body, our mind easily fills in the gaps that we are viewing this from the character's perspective. Just as an example. But in Aero manga, we are almost always this third wheel person, this cameraman of some pornographic film trying to get the most unwarranted shot of Sagiri, usually of her legs, like under a table or something. My second issue is the timing and the amount of time dedicated to this. See, I've already established that this isn't a straight-up fan service show. If it was, it probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be reviewing it. But this show also tries to play the serious human drama angle, and I'm not saying that you can't have fan service and human drama, but it takes a level of skill to integrate the two without them detracting from one another. Uh, a level of skill not present in this anime. As an example, there's a moment where, uh, that opens up episode 11, which is partially dedicated to developing Sugiri and her struggles of being a uh, hikikomori. An okay point of drama, but instantly undermined by the shot of her ass as she bends over. It's not only when those two sides of the show intersect, but also when they transition from one to another that the show becomes unpleasant to watch. In episode 6, we go from a scene where Sugiri literally sexually assaults somebody, one of the side girls in fact and it goes from a fetish-fuel comedy scene to a touching scene where the two becomes friends through subtle blackmail. And again, this isn't played for jokes or self-aware sense of humour. The music swells up, and we're supposed to at least be a little moved by the fact that Sugiwi's made her first friend in person. <laughs> After sexually assaulting. But besides the, the issues of Sugiwi related more to how the anime is conceived, I do want to reiterate that I don't find her very appealing with those issues aside anyways. Uh, and like many aspects of this show, I could certainly see it being more acceptable if this show chose to have a good sense of tone to it. Uh, I don't buy the contrast between her ero manga and Little Sister personas that she displays throughout. At one point, she's like a stereotypical perverted old man who's okay with exposing naked girls in front of her brother and actually encouraging that behaviour from him, the same brother that she loves, by the way, whom she then discourages spending time with other girls while acting innocent and demure. You can certainly chalk a lot of this up to a sense of humour that doesn't connect with me, but... I also interpret these aspects of her character to be excessive fan-pandering to the point of distraction. Uh, Yes, uh, stupidity must run between these two not-sibling-siblings, as there are multiple instances of her self-sabotaging her chances of Izumi, exemplified by that instance where she stupidly said, I'm in love with you in an an ass-backwards sort of way. Many details are blatantly there for convenience sake, so that the hilarity can occur. For instance, she states that she is unable to draw anything she hasn't seen in real life. I first interpreted that as uh, something she hasn't seen, period. As an illustrator, will often have references of things that they haven't seen in real life. And the first, this seemed to be kind of what they were going for in an arc in which Sigiri has to learn how to draw more voluptuous figures. Uh, and she does so by looking up idols online. But no, she actually meant that. Like, in real life, she later requests that her brother bring her over voluptuous girls when she, kinda, when she finds herself stuck in a rut and only able to draw lollies. I'm just citing this as one example because this is one that's so particularly bad that it even creates a plot hole in the last episode. So, see, they put so much effort into emphasizing her quirks and her body that they have been putting that they put little detail into her actual character. For instance, she's Eromanga Sensei, a illustrator famous for in the light novel industry for her particularly erotic art. First off, her art isn't really that erotic, especially for someone who's supposed to be famous for this style especially when other illustrations that are shown in the show are of a more sexual nature. Art is subjective, but if I was to imagine an artist famous for erotic art, I would think less Masamune kuns revenge-style illustrations, and more something more to the effect that they'd have to censor it with black bars excessively until the Blu-ray release. Much like a prior mentioned issue, this aspect of Sugiri's character gets pushed to the extreme in the last episode, which... Pushed my suspension of disbelief to the limit. That I'm trying to avoid spoilers, even though there's not really spoilers in the show. So, uh, trying to round this up in a timely manner, she is like Diet Kirino. The issues with our two main lead permeate throughout the other cast characters of the show. So let's skim over them with less detail in order of appearance. There's Takasago Tomoe, seemingly Masamune's best friend before he meets the other casts of the show. She seems to run a bookstore and doesn't get in, uh, doesn't get developed much as a character, except for being the victim of some janky animation in episode five. At first, I thought she was the most safe from the bad writing that plagues characters who interact with Masamune, but that switched around the halfway point and a particularly dumb scene that she has with him in the last episode. She's kind of like the manami Man- Man- manami, manami, whatever her manami. Name was. Yep. Yeah, she's kind of like the manami of this show. To be honest, you you'll be noticing parallels as we go through. Yeah. Uh, Gino Megumi, or Megumin, as she likes to be called, introduced at the end of episode 1, is sort of like the I.S.A. of this show, in that she is obsessed with being friends with the shut in Sagiri. But the parallels stop there, however, as that is her only character trait that is easy to get a grasp on. She exists mainly to say memes like, all girls my age love dicks, and to be sexually harassed by Sagiri, like mentioned prior, while being, quote, while being, quote, called a fashion bitch by our hero. Elf Yamada uh, is a fellow writer, and she's the current echo of the show, except, uh, you know, uh, done exponentially worse. Notice the pattern here. Hmm. The main problem with her character summed up is that, like with Sagiri, they've tried to create a multifaceted character, but have failed to balance out those aspects in a way that makes sense, even in the universe. She faces uh, a level of inconsistency that feels as bad as Masamune's at times, with her contrast of being mature, experienced writer while simultaneously being a dumb and immature person. I-, I can tell they're trying to keep her and the other characters interesting, but this aspect of elf is, at best, unbelievable and, at worst, kind of annoying, actually. Then there's the fourth girl, um, no, f- yeah, fourth girl Senju Muramasa, the top writer of the publishing company that Masamuni works for, and Muramasa's character's trait is that she is a fan of Masamuni's writing and loves him because of it. I summed up this in two sentences, which is about the amount of time that the show cares to develop her arc. They do it all in one episode, by the way, only to be retold again in episode 10. To a lesser extent, she suffers from the same poorly realized character as Elf. This is likely due to how little time is spent fleshing her out, except when they do that literally in uh, later episodes, but also because her trait of being dumb yet seemingly thoughtful and calculative doesn't really gel well together. I'm running out of Oriemo parallels with her, so let's just say she's like the other side of Kuroneko's character when she wasn't role-playing with Kiyosuke and playing more like a regular girlfriend. That's pretty much all I need to go into as far as characters are concerned. There are some other side characters, but they barely make enough appearances to leave an impression, and the one, the one guy that does only exist literally to make gay jokes every episode he's in. So yeah, all-star cast. Now, the big part. The... See, I, I've tried really hard to avoid using the word contrivances throughout this review, but a major, major issue is the amount of character traits and plot points that are contrived for obvious purposes. There are rumours of a house next door being haunted, and Sugiri happens to ask Masamune to go check it out after the audience were just told about it. And this is so that we can see Elf sitting at a piano naked in said haunted house, the same haunted house that they also showed her moving into on screen in the previous episode. So Sugiri can't draw things she hasn't seen as mentioned, a character trait contrived so that she has, by extension, us, the viewer, can perv on other girl characters. The list goes on, but the biggest one of all is contrived. the contrived nature in which Sigiri and, and relationship is. See, I, as I've kind of hinted thus far, the two aren't actually real siblings, and I mean that in both senses of the fact. They aren't blood-related, for one, which the show clears up from the very beginning, and they haven't actually even grown up as siblings, anyway, which, um as not too long after he first sees her, their par- uh, when her parents get married, she shuts herself off in the room for a year before the anime starts. The whole thing just reeks of contrivance, just designed so that she can call him Oni-chan, while the anime waves a flag of, It's okay! It's okay! They're not blood-related, see? manga tries to do it both ways, raunchy, yet safe, and still marketable. Um, because without this relationship, Masamune is just a high schooler, grooming a young girl in her room till... He gets what he wants and that's less remarkable that's less marketable right so let me just say because if it wasn't apparent already that um this is a blatant retread of our emo by the same author and the same studio that did season two the plot structure of both the first episodes are the same pretty much and the setting uh, of the house look eerily similar to each other in layout only they forgot the inherent effort put into making aspects of the show entertaining to begin with I'm not the biggest fan of Oriemo, but this is far inferior uh, retread of the same story, done worse uh, as I've detailed. If you haven't watched Oriemo and are interested in this show, you should just watch that instead. You'll be surprised how much better realised uh, a show of the same art style could be done seven years ago. And if you've seen Oriemo, you have no reason to check out a similar yet inferior product. I could only imagine you watching this if you... Uh, are in the camp that hated Oremo and wanted to see something worse, which is oddly specific, so. Scraping together, a compliment or two for a for conclusion. Uh, the art and animation is generally lacking throughout the show, except for the aforementioned scenes of Sugiri, and there are some decent examples of key animation in both the opening and ED. Not stellar, but charming if I had any joy left after watching the show. There's also something to be said about how while I can see the puppet master strings attached I definitely see traces of what could be good drama good romance and even good characters there are odd lines that I do find myself agreeing with from the various creators in the show and otherwise it's sort of interesting to see the opinion of the author of an author uh, in regards to creativity when at least three of his works involve little sisters prominently Um, Conclusion section so, to different. Uh, this is another quote. To different minds, the same world is a hell and a heaven. By J. B. Priestley. I ha- I came to the conclusion a while back that my favorite anime, games, and movies reflect my perspective on life in some shape or form. At least in this regard, Ero Manga Sensei manages to partially succeed. Like each episodes, days can bleed into each other without much variation. I wind up forgetting most of what happens, except the highest highs and the lowest lows. That's where the comparison ends. Errol manga Sensei is a valley that highest points are just at surface level. Much like life, it can be surprising, but only in how much it get, can get progressively worse the longer you're around. Like a boring anime is an arid desert. The Eromanga experience was a trek through a desert where a man would randomly spawn out of the ground and fill your mouth with salt. Now, I critique... That, lastly, uh, a critique I may get is that I'm taking this way too seriously in my analysis. It's supposed to be a dumb comedy and you're... You'd be right in that regard, and that I think that's what it's supposed to be as well. In contrast with Central last week, though, I know exactly their intent during most parts of the show, and its failure to meet those intents on all levels is why I have to be this harsh on it. I'm taking it for what it is and judging it as such. I don't mind a dumb comedy, but I don't, I, but I don't find the show particularly dumb enough or funny enough. Its etchy moments aren't that great and are in poor taste at times at worst. Its attempt at drama, especially in regards to the music, are downright laughable at times. And most importantly to me, the characters fail to leave a positive impression. I regard this franchise as a textbook example of cynicism from Studio A1. It's an anime broken down to a formula of what general audiences will accept into the mainstream with the lowest possible standard of quality they can put out. The fact that it is as much of a success as it is with decent sales figures and its exemplary exemplified popularity on Nico, D- Nico Doga a few weeks back is disheartening to me, at least, and the proba- uh, probability to, of it getting a season 2 even more so. As one gets older, one can be- it can become harder to maintain a positive outlook on humanity, and at this point in my life I still believe anyone deserves a minimum level of human decency. We deserve better than this. I give manga Sensei a burn-it only if it is the kind of burning that can be achieved while being a good few meters away from it, like lowering it by crane Terminator 2 style. Except unlike Terminator 2, I hope this Terminator doesn't come back.
0: Wow. It's... Yeah.
1: Alright, well, from
0: my perspective uh, yeah. of the manga, the manga is definitely... it doesn't... Like, you made um, Masamune be out to be very, like, he just wants to fuck his sister. He just wants to put this dick inside of her. But in the manga, it's more like he is in love with her and he wants to be with her. And he knows that it's kind of not great from the outside perspective where people Mm -hmm. look at him and be like, but she's your sister. And he doesn't want to have to, like, lay out the technicalities of no, she's not. Yeah. Because she's technically my sister, but again, she's not my sister. Mm. And here are the reasons for that. And it's kind of like a scale where like, okay, she locked herself in the room after I met her for the first time and I haven't mm-hmm. seen her in actual physical form in years. Yeah. Um and the fact is that our parents died almost immediately after they got married mm-hmm. and that she's not related to me to my blood. And the only thing that kind of like even connects us as um as related as a law that said that she is now she's his sister really that's it yeah she's <laughs> not his actual sister um and i do feel that his uh i did think that his confession to her um was good her him putting in a book form and having her yep. read it mm-hmm. but i do feel that her reply to him was pretty empty. Because in, yeah. in the manga, she, or at least the way it was translated as I read it, she says I'm in love with someone.
1: Yep. But yeah. she
0: doesn't, you know, she's she doesn't say who, and he takes it as, oh, you're in love with someone else, when mm. she obviously meant I'm in love with you, but she doesn't say it because she's mm. mentally
1: retarded or something, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because at first, at first you might be able to forgive that, if like, you know, oh, it's a joke and she's actually going to reveal it later on. But in the next episode, she actually admits, no, she just fucked up. She just didn't mean to say it that way. So she is just that stupid. It wasn't even right. like part of a plan or anything like that. Um, no, I, I totally get what you're saying because um, the you know my problems with a lot of this was was to do with like the tone and how it comedically plays. From from the few screens I've seen of the manga, it looks more cutesy and more like it's played more as like a goofy comedy, and I think that was a, a much better approach. I think to go with. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely
0: point. not as erotic like they do like have the erotic parts in it but they're not as long and drawn out and they probably yeah. aren't as, you know, they have it like oh yeah, there's there's Siguri uh, and she's taking the panties off one of the female friends that Masamune yeah. brought over but it's one panel. He comes in and he sees it happening and then, you know, he gets punched in the face. Like, right. There you mm. go. And then he wakes up and everything's back to normal. And his little sister now has a pair of panties that is, you know, and it's like, where'd you get those from? And she's like, where'd you think I got them from? <laughs> mm-hmm. and so, yeah. you know, it, it was more amusing in that way. And mm. she definitely didn't continue to try to be his girlfriend in any way where she didn't try to be like, yes, I actually accepted your love. No, she didn't accept his confession in a way that she continued just to act like his sister. And even in, like, the most recent chapter, she's still locked up in her room. She still doesn't go out. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when he goes on this long trip to be away from her, um, she's Mm -hmm. not there. Yeah. And Uh, it's it's like the romance that's um, showing up between other characters and him are starting to grow and outweigh the romance that she may have with him. Yeah. Because she, again, like she said, messed
1: up. <clears throat> yeah, because like she she took it as like he wants a family sort of thing, and then like okay, fine, I'll be your sister from that this point on, sort of in it. But there is a thing that they admit from the anime as well, um that I think was either in the manga or light novel, where when they're watching the fireworks together, and she decides that you know okay, she's gonna be his sister for the time being, uh and taking a step back, that he admits that yeah, actually, I kind of was taking advantage of the fact that you know you you're kind of a shut in, and I kind of like the fact that you rely on me. And, had to be in that room. So like he kind of has that moment of humility and self reflection in the, uh, in the manga and the or a manga and or light novel that isn't there in the anime because I don't know why they didn't put it in the anime. It makes him come across worse. I uh, see a lot of these issues, including ones like with other characters that I mentioned, like Muramasa, are actually cleared up in the manga. So
0: yeah, this yeah. is like, in Order Emo, it started out as like baseline, um, Kirino and uh, damn it. Uh what is Akiosuke start out as like brother and sister. Yep. And then um even though Kirino did like her brother a lot back in the past when like they go through and they reveal um what it was that made her dislike her brother as much as she did at that point. Um mm-hmm. which you know is a whole convoluted plotline I'm not gonna get into, but mm-hmm. uh basically it starts out as a low goes to a high, and then kind of like tapers off up there because she eventually, which Rio would be or grimacing at, <laughs> she accepts his confession, but then says one day. But then, of course, it's not going to just be one day. He's yeah. definitely like, you know, I'm still going to be super affectionate with you. And she's just like, damn it all. I really okay. shouldn't have gotten here. But, oh, well, where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one it sounds like they're already starting at that high point, yeah, and it's yeah. gonna be dropping it down to where he's gonna find a romance outside from his sister and his sister's eventually gonna like maybe become less of Hick Kamori and maybe more open, but at the same time appreciate her brother as a brother and maybe not so much as a romantic interest.
1: Yeah, because she she does seem to to notice that the other girls are kind of taking more precedence and actually that like, he's now acknowledging uh, yeah, second from you, Muramasa's kind of getting closer now, you know, and she's realizing she needs to up her game if she wants to, you know, have him. But, you know, in, 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 when, it, when it gets back to episode 11, they, they kind of, again, reestablish it as, no, no, these two these two are the main couple of this show, at least. So
0: I mean, Elf so. actually confesses to Masamune yeah, at one uh, point.
1: Uh, yeah, he gets confessed to like by Elf and Muramasa twice in the, in the series. Yeah, and so
0: it's it's definitely like well, you know it's it just seems like it's going the wrong, like the, the opposite way, and it's odd because it's odd in the sense that it's it is doing so well because it's animated by A one and it's made by the same guy who made Ora emo, yeah. so it already had a lot of like and the same artist, presence. the same, same illustrator,
1: yeah,
0: or, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's going in a reverse op. Uh, reverse way in that like the writer was like well how would it be if it was like the reverse of already emo where it was like uh you know the sister is already in love with the brother and the brother and sister and we're gonna like p- slowly pull them apart and so it's it's weird because you're going to a lower point you're not going to a high point anymore so it's mm. a low climax which doesn't make sense
1: yeah uh- yeah, because normally it would be like, yeah, because it's like, starting with Kirino, then date, maybe Kuro, like, the equivalent to, like, Kuro Neko, Echo, and then it yeah. might go back to where we started, or it might just end up with another girl, you know, who, who knows with that sort of department, but, uh, man, they just, they, they just played it wrong in the anime, I, I just gotta say. So. Yeah, I definitely think, as I mentioned before,
0: that the anime was more for the fan service Mm. of people who watched the manga yeah or read the manga and they just wanted more like Mm -hmm. i want to see those animated fan servicey parts where like oh the panty part i want to see that animated Mm. and now they saw it and they're like oh that was so good it was so well animated but at the same time it's like it doesn't make the anime good no it doesn't
1: no No, it's Yeah, the, the, if I was if I was to include that, like the the if I was to include this point in our own music, a lot of this week was trying to get this this review written in a concise way and try to get it under like half an hour long. Uh, managed to do.
0: Okay, well I guess that does it for a, another episode of Anime Pulse, um, and we will see you all again next week. So as always, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong.